Hi everybody, this is Scott Saad. I hope that your week is off to a good start. Today I wanted to spend a few minutes discussing the field of operations research and how uh, it is relevant to the manner by which our policymakers have handled the COVID response. I discuss in the parasitic mind uh, operations research briefly, but let me mention it again. I've actually mentioned it in other contexts as well. Operations research is an applied mathematics field where you're trying to maximize or minimize an objective. So for example, uh, take the classic uh, example of the traveling salesman problem. So you have a salesman who's going to visit X number of cities, A, B, C, D, E, F. He could only go to one city once and then return to the starting point. What is the order in which he should visit the cities so that he can minimize the travel time or the gas cost. So in this case, it's a minimization problem. Now, when the number of cities are very few, then you can actually manually try out each of the different options to see which is the optimal one. But imagine that he has to visit 38 cities, then it becomes impossible to do so manually. So you usually, well, not usually, you would use an algorithm stemming from operations research where uh, a prescriptive path is uh, provided for you. So in the business school, many, many problems, well, in nature in general, but in the business school, many problems are manifestations of either something that you're trying to maximize, maximize profits subject to these production costs, or uh, minimize the waiting time, the queues for uh, customers. Uh, so all kinds of scheduling algorithms uh, stem from operations research. So nature, and certainly the applied manifestations of problems that we tackle in nature, involve you trying to optimize something, either by maximizing something or minimizing something. Now, in the most simple example, you're trying to uh, maximize or minimize a single objective, right? So maximize profits. But of course, usually life is not that simple. There are trade-offs in lives. There are costs and benefits. So you have to maximize some objective subject to some constraints. Now that makes it a bit more difficult. So I want to maximize my investment returns subject to you know trying to minimize the amount of tolerable risk that I'm willing to take. Okay. In other cases, it's called a multi-objective maximization problem subject to multiple constraints. Now that again, is how nature works. You're not trying to typically maximize one thing. There are several things that you have to sort of uh, maximize at the same time, subject to a whole bunch of constraints. Okay, so hopefully this now, even though you, you may not uh, know the mathematical details of how you solve these problems, at least conceptually, you have a sense of how these problems are structured. So let me give you one other example. Uh, from operations research that I was intimately familiar with because I worked as a research assistant at a research center when I was a undergrad at computer science and mathematics and then as an MBA student. Uh, it's a applied decision research center where I was working on a problem called the two-dimensional cutting stock problem. So imagine you've got these sheets of metal or wood or glass and you now receive an order to uh, from a client saying, I want 20... Uh, squares of x by x and 40 uh, rectangles of x by y 
that you need to now cut from these original sheets. Well, how should I lay out these cuts as to minimize the waste? Okay, so now let's apply this concept to the COVID crisis. The COVID issue is not simply a singular minimization problem, minimize number of deaths. Of course, that's important. Of course, we'd like to set up an epidemiological response, a policymaking response that minimizes suffering, but it is subject to a whole bunch of constraints. And at the same time that we are trying to minimize number of deaths or minimize number of people in ICUs, we're also trying to minimize the impact on the economy, minimize the number of people who will commit suicide, uh, you know, maximize well-being to the best of our abilities. So the world is typically not uh, in line with a singular, you know, objective variable that I'm trying to minimize or maximize subject to no constraints. But when we heard every single, quote, expert speak about any of the issues revolving around COVID, it is absolutely the case that they have zero clue, not a single clue of what operations research is. That's why, by the way, biostatisticians or uh, epidemiological modelers might actually be, in many cases, much superior policymakers when it comes to infectious diseases than some guy who simply wears a white lab coat and has MD after his name. The fact that you know how to treat an infectious disease doesn't mean that you understand the mathematical properties of how to model infectious diseases and how to you know, reduce their spread and how to reduce the spread of infectious diseases while reducing the likelihood of having a bump in suicides and so on. So when I typically uh, critique, uh, you know, the COVID realities, it's not because I don't think COVID is serious. I'm, I'm very serious about COVID. Uh, I understand how fatal it can be, but I also recognize that we don't live in a world of kindergartners. We live in a world where there are many, many different balls that must be juggled to achieve an optimal juggling policy and to con consistently over the past 18 months have completely haphazard policies that are literally enacted by the seat of one's pants, then that's not something that we should tolerate. Now, let me give you another example. When you Let's say I go see my physician and he says, uh, well, I'd like you to lose 10% uh, of your uh, you know, current weight. Well, there is a very clear objective. There's a goal. And then if in three months time I've met that goal, I'm able to exactly state what is the exact benchmark of success or failure. If I lose less than the per, you know, prescribed the number of kilo, kilos that I have to lose, then I have failed in my quest. When have you heard anybody say, we are enacting policy X because we are trying to achieve objective Y for reason Z? That's never happened. So the reason why people are angry, the reason why people become hesitant to listen to anything stemming about the COVID things. And again, I'm someone who's dedicated my life to studying psychology of decision-making, right? I'm not, I'm not trying to pull rank. I'm just trying to give you a sense of, you know, that's, that's in my wheelhouse. The reason why people are fed up, it's because there is no, the messaging is so 
atrocious. Now, I understand there's a lot of uh, stuff that comes up, uh, you know, on the spur of the moment. People have to pivot and adjust very quickly. I'm not uh, rejecting the fact that uh, or negating the fact that uh, the policymakers are dealing with a very difficult situation. But when you have these little dictators that are completely controlling our lives in what appears to be a very cavalier manner without ever speaking to us in a way that allows us to understand the rationale for why you did X, Y, or Z, then it makes perfect sense for any reasonable person to be hesitant, not necessarily hesitant about taking the vaccine, but hesitant about anything that comes from the mouth of flip-flop Fauci. Okay, so again, people have a you know uncanny inability to understand well most people understand it but you know when i mock someone so for example when i mock uh the malibu uh, uh meditator it's not because i think he's dumb on every single issue he you know he he's done a lot of good in terms of advancing uh good discourse and contributing to the intellectual landscape but then when he goes insane about donald trump I mock him for his lack of modulation. Yes, you can hate Donald Trump, but no, you shouldn't spend 95% of your waking life saying that Donald Trump is going to usher a nuclear holocaust. That is worthy of mocking. That is worthy of derision. You can completely understand that the climate change issues are serious and should be taken uh, uh, frontally and addressed properly and in a sober manner and scientifically without thinking every 20 minutes that we need some new alarmist idiot telling us that we've got 33 minutes left to live. And the same people who tell us that then violate every edict of their, uh, you know, green living. So life is nuanced. A big challenge in life is to know how to modulate everything, how to modulate your exercise intensity, how to modulate how much wine consumption you eat, and how to modulate... Uh, the intensity of the positions that you take on any particular subject. Yes, you can hate Donald Trump. No, he's not a dictator. That is worse than Osama bin Laden, as the Malibu meditator said. Yes, you can, uh, you know, uh, be concerned about climate change. No, you're not going to die tomorrow. Uh, life is nuanced. It has grace. It's not as hysterical as most of the idiots on Twitter proclaim it to be. So again, to summarize, COVID is very serious. COVID should be addressed in a sober and serious manner. But the reason why a growing number of people are suffocating under the current uh, flip-flopping regimes is because we are not provided with any semblance of the rationale, the logic, the epidemiological facts, the mathematical modeling that would justify why we should continue to live under edict X or Y. There you have it, folks. Hope you're having a good day. Uh, and I wish you a great week. Cheers, everybody.